Welcome to the Any Given Chance podcast. Stories about passion and sacrifice. What actually goes on behind the scenes in the consistent chase of everything. We're going to bring you some untold stories, some of people you know, some of people you don't. These stories that we bring on with our guests are nothing short of inspiring and will get you out there chasing your own goals as well. Join me, your host, 3AM365, Matty Menon, as we dive into these incredible stories. And of course, as the podcast grows, so do we together. So stick with us from the start, hit that like and share, subscribe button, get your family and friends involved, and we'll see where we are in 100 podcasts. No days off, no excuses. Massive shout out to our sponsor, Squad Athletica. Guys, this training gears, you've got the training singlets, the shirts, they've got absolutely everything. They've got the 12-inch shorts, the 16, everything that you need for the running. It doesn't stop there. They've got yoga mats, they've got drink bottles, they've got you covered at all bases. I'm telling you, this training gear is rivaling Nike, it's rivaling Under Armour, it's at the forefront. And the best thing about it is it's right here on the Gold Coast. So it's a supportable local business. You can jump over to their Instagram, it's at SQD Athletica. Or you can jump online and check out their shop, Squad Athletica. Go through, select your little things, what you want to buy, new hoodies for winter, whatever training gear you need, and then type in your AGC code at the end, which will give you a little discount. That's AGC in the little coupon code. Can't thank you enough and make sure you get out there and get in your squad gear. Big shout out to one of our sponsors, Black Rose Barbers. That's right. Go see Liam and the boys over at Black Rose Barbers. They're located on Lakeview Boulevard over at Mermaid Waters, right in between the Good Life and the 7-Eleven. Walk out of there feeling a million bucks. The boys can cut hair and he even does the cutthroat razor if you want to feel really fresh and fit on a Friday. You can book online at blackrose.com or you can get on the phone and give them a call, but go support your local business. And the best thing about Black Rose Barber, you can sit in that chair and talk maximum amount of crap. You know why? Because the boys have got the answers. They'll solve the world's problems with you. I'm telling you now, they're a bunch of legends. Go support them. Tell them Matty from AGC sent you. Boom, mate. Welcome to Any Given Chance podcast. Got a special one for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Pierce, Austin, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. Mate, I was on the Insta store because look at <laughs> Check this like out. How, how good is he going? Mate, if you don't mind, just give everyone, all the listeners, all the people watching at home, just uh, give them a run through what you're up to. I am the host of the greatest podcast in the world, Shooting the Shit Uncensored. I am the truth, the dad bod god, the bald, the beard, the fucking beautiful Piers Austin. Man, I'm a, a ring announcer, a commentator for professional wrestling and combat sports such as boxing, Muay Thai, and mixed martial arts. I'm also a professional wrestling personality, per character, I suppose you want to call that, podcaster of professional wrestling, combat sports, comedy, music, you name it. I do it on my podcast. Man, I'm just you know very fortunate to be living the life that I am and for the opportunities that I have. Man, wow. I need to work on my vocabulary. Your level's up here. Well, <laughs> off the tongue. I've still got that Aussie Ocker because I run a company in building as well. Like I've got yeah, yeah. a podcast. I've been a professional sportsman for most of my life. And then our building. So I've got to switch between the two because you talk tradey and it's, you get the Ocker thing, then you got to talk business. And then you try and transition into podcast where, you know, you don't have that too much slang and chat with your mates, but mate, that just rolled off the tongue. How good. So <laughs> professional wrestling, ring announcer. How did you get into that? We were just talking about this quickly off air. Like, oh, sure. We grew up, I think we're about the same age. You're, um, we're all, I'm 38, 38, 39. So we grew up in that era of Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, yeah. everyone coming through where WWF, wasn't it? The Federation back in the day. Yeah, the Fed, and, yeah. Um, before they transitioned. And it was it was entertainment to a max. It was the best. It was the best. That's all you could say it as a, as a 14-year-old grommet. That's all you wanted to watch. How'd you get into it? I was a fan like everyone else, man. Like I was a kid and, you know, I started off as like everyone else, man. Like I'm 41, bro. So like back in the 80s, like I was like just little when it was like the wrestling boom. Like you got to think, bro, back in that time, like Hulk Hogan was probably a bigger star than like a Michael J. Fox and a fucking Michael Jackson, right? As far as pop culture in the 80s and the 90s, Hulk Hogan was like Coca-Cola, right? He was just a brand. And what signified that was Rocky. He was in Rocky. But that's before he blew up. That was what, four or five years before, even longer, I think it might've been. What was he in that? What was his name? Thunderlips. Thunderlips. 
it's wild though because he was at the Fed at the time for Vince McMahon Senior's dad, uh, Vince McMahon's dad, Vince Senior. He went to Vince Senior and said, "Hey, I, I've got this opportunity to be in the movie." And he said, "No, if you go do that, you're kind of exposing the business. Blah blah blah. You know, if you do that, you can't work here." And he goes, "Well, fuck it, I'm going to go be in Rocky." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, kind of a no-brainer. He goes and does the movie, and then eventually, years later, goes back there and becomes the biggest star of all time. But he kind of like drew me into wrestling when I was a young kid, and then I saw, kind of saw like. Roddy Piper and him doing the bad shit, like cracking coconuts over Jimmy Snooker's head. And you know what I mean? Like I always had a thing for the baddies. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, like I resonated with that shit. And even my parents would be like, why isn't he going for like a good guy here? He's like, but even like, dude, I'm the kind of person, man, I was going for like Johnny and the karate kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That was, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just had, a, I was like, man, like I just saw something in the bad guys, bro. So if you weren't team Johnny, Back in the day, back in the 80s, you definitely are now with Cobra Cry. Like, that new series. I thought it was going to be absolutely terrible. And then he stole it, mate. Without him, that TV show doesn't go anywhere. So what a transition. But yeah, I understand. And then it just, being a teenager around that zone, it just took off. Like you said, Stone Cold, Mankind, D-Generation X. You know, it had Triple H. Everyone just came booming. It was like a the perfect storm for us, for kids' entertainment. But it was the perfect time for society, right? That's kind of what it was with that sort of like shock culture, that sort of in your face, that kind of like, uh, what's his name? The American DJ. Guetta. No, no, the guy, the famous guy. Oh, I'm like, his name's on the tip of my tongue. He made a movie about his life in the 90s as well. Not Tiesto. No, no. He's an American like radio personality. He was like real controversial. Oh, um, yeah, I'm going to sit here and like when the name comes to me, it's like, it's going to come to me at some stage. I'm going to like go off. But yeah, Mate, this is where we need a podcast manager or someone on the internet on the side. It's not like Larry King. It's like, um, I know who you're talking about. And he's got a lady who was like his co-host sort of thing. And then he's got like, yeah. he'd bring in like midgets and like all these weird, fuck, I'm sitting here like doing my head in now. Um, I remember yeah. the name of the movie. It was called Private Parts. Here we go. I've got his, it. You got it? Yeah. I'll switch into young Jamie mode. Hold on. Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Anybody listened just then was like, you idiots. You yeah, idiot. yeah. Howard Stern. Say Howard Stern. Howard Stern. But that was that kind of time where like, and in wrestling, they were doing all that sort of like suck at shit. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> people off. And as a teenager, is like when you go through like that teenage angst where you like go through either that like gangster rap stage back in, in the 90s you either went through the gangster rap stage or you went through the grunge rock and roll stage nirvana sort of stage and it's like both sides of that could resonate with what was happening and i think they were really smart with how they booked it all and put it all together but yeah so i worked with vince russo who was the head writer and basically came up with a lot of the stuff for like stone cold and the rock and you know mankind during that time in that era so that was pretty crazy to be able to learn from him as well. So wow. I worked for him for like two years. So how old were you then? When I worked for him, that was like not too long ago. It was like the last two years. Like I'd like probably last year I stepped away from it and just sort of like, cause I was like running a podcast network for a while. Like I start, when I started off, it was like a small little group of us doing it. And then it just became my thing. And then like, I thought, you know, well, I'm going to start a podcast network, had everything under like MWA podcast network, like YouTube channel, but all like these different personalities, like former professional wrestlers and current professional wrestlers and set up different types of podcasts and had like a show dropping every single day of the week, had like producers working on shit. And then as well as like, we had seven shows we had, plus I was doing my show over on the Vince Russo network as well. So it was kind of like, I did that for a while, and then it just got to a point probably about a year ago where I just went, you know what, this is all too much. Drip it back. I just need to do my thing. And I, because I, it was getting to a stage of like, I don't enjoy podcasting anymore. I like, I'm just fucking done. Like, it would get to a point where it was like, oh, fuck, I got to do a podcast tonight. Yeah. And that's why, but now I'm back to the point where it's like, fuck yeah, I get to podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the shit that I love to fucking do now. And it's because it's like, now I'm doing my thing. I'm focused. I know where I want to go and where I'm determined to get to. I've got a good crew that work with me that help accentuate the podcast with graphics and shorts and all that sort of stuff. So I'm very lucky in that sense as well. Mate, I, I can say it 
100%. Like this, for us podcasting like this right now is yeah. fun. This is the best. Everything else behind the scenes, the learning about cameras, the roadcaster pros, the plugging in the mics, the, oh, that doesn't work. Oh, you bumped your cord and you lost half your audio. Oh, man, the sending it off to the team, the downloading it. I just, like, coming from being a businessman, look, I'm, I'm the same. I always wanted to be an entertainer or I've always been an entertainer while playing professional sports. You know, I always saw it as, yes, I'm a professional sportsman, but I'm here to entertain as well. I'm here to enjoy myself and and go through that. But all this back-end stuff, because I started probably about, uh, oh, would it be about three years ago or four years ago as well? Yeah, right. Well, probably three, with two Kmart speakers with me mates. And I was like, I was a bit different though. I wasn't doing the entertainment thing. I was like uh, in my zone of fitness and working hard and, and that same mentality that I had from being a professional sportsman. Yeah. And people were sharing their stories with me. I was just going on these massive emotional roller coasters. You know what I mean? I was like, all right, I've got to pull this back. Because if I keep doing this, like these people deserve immense respect and I need to produce this to a level where it's worthy of them telling their stories. Because it's all right when it's your like you said, you're shooting your shit with uh, your mates and all that and talking crap. You can film it on whatever you want and get it out yeah. there. But when it gets deep in that journey, but same thing. I know I've got this podcast, like exactly what you were saying about doing too much because everyone was relying on you. It's like, oh, this needs to happen. But if Austin is not here, well, it's not going to happen. And then it's going to bank up. Then you've got three to do. And then other people are out of work or something's not that. So it doesn't become fun. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, with building, every conversation is fix a problem. Hey, mate, mm-hmm. fix a problem. Hey. This is a problem. So I'm running boys and there's no positive. And then I get the podcast and chat to fine fellow like you. And this is fine. Like everything's positive. Everything's, yeah, how good's this? So, yeah, man. And, but that's the thing is like for me, I looked at podcasting and I was like trying to like really navigate it probably for the last three years. And I'd probably say in the last maybe six months, I probably get it now. Like I really get, like I really understand what it is to do like. I've had to, like in the last six months, man, like I've probably tripled to quadrupled my audience just by doing certain things or having certain people on and asking hard hitting questions, bro, and and just not stepping away from the truth. So it's like when people step onto my show, they know that this is going to be no bullshit. This is going to be like, man, you're sitting here, like we're breaking down the fourth wall. Like if you're from the pro wrestling world, you come on and you try and be in character on this show. Like, nah, homie, that ain't going to work here, bro. Like, yeah. Some real shit, dude. Like, we're going to fucking talk. And if there's some like real fucking drama been going on or there's some bullshit been going on, then yeah, man, I'm going to get like, we fucking talk about it, bro. Like, you know, I mean, I give my guests the respect and opportunity to come on and tell their story. I give them that same respect to get anything that they have on their chest off their chest. You know what I mean? And like, I've had other people get upset with me and get mad at me for some things that other people say on my podcast, bro. And like, I just simply sit back and go like, take it up with the fucking person that said the words, like straight up, you're getting upset because you're either not on the level to be on my podcast and you're trying to have a cry about it publicly. You're upset about the person who said it, but you're too chicken shit to go and address it with them. So you come and trying to address it with me. Go fuck yourself. Like, I don't know if I can swear. Sorry. Mate, mate, go for it. You know what I mean? Like, that's my take. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, that's I mean, right. Mate, thanks for being a fan. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's be real. Like, thanks for watching. I appreciate the view. Like, that. oh, thanks for listening. I appreciate the download. Whatever it may be. Like, isn't it weird like that, though? And welcome to the internet world as well. How good, you know, <laughs> throwing shade from afar. Isn't it weird how, like, I've done it. I'm just testing those things like that you've said about, you know, changing it up. Positivity, 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 getting out all the stories that, you know, the content I want to produce. Just did a test last night. Give a little spray about the soccer, the Matildas, about half the French team wanting to look like dudes, like getting men's haircuts and all that. And then just a little post like that, brrr, comments, everything, like feeding me, non-responses. And I was like, these fucking bitches or whoever, these little punks, haven't said one great thing about how I'm talking about time as currency or how to set yourself up in the future or how to, you know, make yourself better or anything like that. But you drop one little bit of shade on someone and bang, there's that little tick, isn't it? It's always the little ones. It's even now where like, I think that that's where like society is in so much ways where it's like people just want a reason to get offended now. And it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. But then it's like the people that are the most wokest, bro, they're the ones with the darkest fucking skeletons in their closets. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
no joke. Like that's the thing I find most hilarious is the people that sit there and try and be the biggest chess Peters and the, you know, the biggest, like, Oh, you know, let's stand up for like the right thing. And no, we should be like the most tolerable about everything and everyone and every. Yeah. Right. Yeah, nah. <laughs> as soon as we find out what they did a couple months back. Yeah. yeah. I'm too busy. I'm honestly too busy trying to run in like four or five things, trying to get sponsorships for athletes, trying to do all this because that's what this podcast is about. You know, if we yeah. can start generating revenue, well, then I get to sponsor these kids who in the midst of it. And we've got a couple of good ones coming on now. Ultrabet, it's a new bookmaker in Australia, Australian owned. So we don't have to deal with, you know, Ladbrokes and all that. But their revenue that's going to hopefully start coming in in a couple of months, I'll be able to take that and give that thousand bucks to, you know, an athlete. And that thousand might be able to let him train for two weeks or get him to America to a, you know, a camp or just enough for his accommodation over there. But you have to do it right because if I don't, you know, do what you say and, and get someone upset or offended on the way, you're staying at a hundred views. So but, it's a weird sort of industry, but isn't it? But it's not even that. It's not even like, but people will find something to get upset about, man. Like, and yeah. it's like, and that's the thing. Like I've had people like months ago, I had a podcast and I won't go into too much detail because I've covered it so much like just give, just give us the episode yeah I'll, I'll send you the link but you know i mean so i had this podcast and, and something was said on this by someone and like other people reacted to it publicly and then like next thing you know like i'm getting like people sending me fucking threats going man you're a pig and i hope your kids die of cancer in your arms what? and rotten die and like you know what i mean bro and i'm like Man, I get it. I put myself out there as a public figure and and whatnot. And I put myself, like, I live my whole life on the internet, clearly. Like, I accept that, man. But I don't put my kids out there that really, you know what I mean? Like, besides the occasional Facebook post on my personal thing. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't put my wife and kids out there publicly just because it's like, my wife doesn't want to be out there and my kids, bro, like they don't need to be in my world just yet. (laughs) wait, Wait till they're older or whatever, but, like, yeah, man, they just, it's not needed. But yeah, I, like I got shit like that thrown at me, bro. And I've just put it out there publicly. And I said, great to be outraged about what uh, people say and words that people say, but sending someone something like this, that, yeah, that's the right answer to address it. Yeah. And it's like straight away, I got so much love and support thrown my way from like, you know, I mean, podcasters to people inside yeah. the wrestling business and everything like that, where it's like, okay, yeah, you know I mean, that's when I was starting to see is like, all right, well, now, like, it doesn't really faze me what people Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, people forget about this in three minutes or five minutes or a week later, it's done. They don't remember your name, it's gone. It's just whatever they can get upset at the moment. But that sort of transition and all this sort of, you know, work, that chimes into your work because you're now ring announcing for like, how do you describe the pro wrestling scene in Australia? I'll start with that. What is it? How is it? Where is it? Like, I struggle I mean, to find it. it. I mean, it's everywhere, man. It's in every major state. And, you know, it's like any industry. There's great wrestling and then there's some really bad fucking shit out there. Like, I'm not going to lie. But there's some big promotions. There's some doing some good things. The scene is strong, man. There's a lot of great talent out there. And the wrestling business is a weird and interesting world. Like, until you're in it and until you're around it, you don't understand it. Like, there could be the smartest fan who has never been backstage at any type of show or anything like that and think that they know how it is. No, you have no idea what it is like. You know, you have no idea. Yeah. You know I mean, like some of the personalities that you deal with as well, like, even though like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's still like a, a pretty decent big stage at certain things and stuff like that, but how people sort of can carry on and act like they think that their shit doesn't stink. And it's like, mate, like, Settle the fuck down. Like I've seen yeah. wrestle. Like you're not that fucking. You're not world breaking, mate. Like just yeah. settle the fuck down. You know what I mean? But like I would never criticize someone's work, like in ring wise, because it's like I've never done it. So yeah, you know I mean, like I'm not doing it. I'm not a trained wrestler. So like one of the biggest insults in wrestling is if you you're not in the business and you try and correct shit or you try and like say certain things. It's like, well, who the fuck are you? That, yeah. That's where I just sort of go, you know what? Like I can sit there and go, well, yeah, you're not really that good. Like, so just hold up. You know what I mean? Well, there's two levels to that, isn't there? There's, um, I think my shit doesn't stink and I'm fucking epic. And, you know, look at me, look how good you're going. And you're going, oh, brother, you're not that good. Or, you know, someone who doesn't put in an effort. Then you can start saying, mate, what are you doing? You're at yeah. 50%. This guy's throwing his heart and soul into it. He's trying to do his job and you're, 
mucking around and, and rolling around and taking the piss. It, it comes down to a, a respect of time. But um, you see that, though. That's exactly what it's like in wrestling. There's people that are dedicated to this, and there's people that are, like, just don't train or they've trained for, like, three months and think they're fucking, like, ready for the main stage, bro. In reality, they shouldn't even be anywhere near a fucking show. And that's a, a straight thing where I've sort of said that multiple times before, and it's caused a bit of fucking drama where it's like, well, sorry, man, like, this is it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, you can't just put in three weeks worth of work and go, yeah, man, I'm ready to go and like be on any show. Like, no, like even like wrestlers have been doing this for years, still go and train every single week. Every single timing. day. You know what I mean? Like, or multiple times a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of stuff. Yeah, like I said, like my concept and what I tell everyone is just there is no days off. So that's it. My drink up at 3 a.m. every morning, train. I've said it a million times on the this podcast as well. A year to get a grasp of what you're doing. Two to three years, you're getting good at it. Five years, you know what you're doing. You're a tradesman. And then mm. at 10 years, you're an expert. And then you can start throwing your weight around. But the whole three-month thing, and, oh, I'm ready to get out there. And, yeah, man, it stings. It stings sometimes watching people do that. But I guess, do you think, my question before we sort of got on down that rabbit hole was, do you think people who want to be wrestlers know what they're in for? Know, like, the athletic ability that they need to have or the persona that they need to have? Or do you think they see it? as a kid growing up going, hey, that'd be fun. Let's go do it. And then realize how much you actually have to be able to do. Because people just think, oh, it just goes things. But nowadays, you got to be good to entertain. Every wrestler I've spoken to and, and I'm friends with, with quite a few wrestlers as well. And they've told me this was the hardest thing they've ever done in their life. Like they've come from other athletic backgrounds, whether it be combat sports or rugby league, rugby union or you know, gymnastics, anything that they've come with an athletic background or like some people have come from like an entertainer background, like for someone who did like musicals and plays and stuff like that, which is, this is kind of what wrestling is. It's entertainment. It's a display of sport. It's athleticism. It's all these wonderful, amazing things. It's entertainment. But these people always say that it's so hard because you have to understand it's like when they fall down, they're throwing themselves backwards onto that mat. And I've said this before, but it's like throwing yourself backwards, right? Unless you've done, even people that start to do judo or Japanese jiu-jitsu and stuff like that, where it's like a lot of that is being learning how to land and break fall, which is what you do when you start pro wrestling training is learning how to backfall. That is unnatural just to do that. Most people, you go to throw yourself backwards, you're going to turn to try and brace yourself because it's just that mental reaction. So it's having to break that to be able to do that and tuck your chin and and know how you know what I mean because there's all these different things because the slightest wrong move could leave you paralyzed. Yeah, especially some of the positions that and like you said, it's the level. It's now this is people's entertainment level. Like we can't just watch Daffy Duck or Mickey Mouse in the morning anymore. That shit's gone. You know, we can't just throw someone through a table or come off the top rope of a ladder or or, or the ring on the side. It's got to be big. It's got to be like ah. It's the thing that's where it is at this level, like, you know, because I think the fans have seen everything. So to, yeah. to for a, like a lot of times wrestling now is from, you see, can be very fast paced where it's like, yeah. and like a lot of people go, slow it down, slow it down. Cause it's like, they're not giving the audience the chance to breathe or even yeah. like giving moves the chance to breathe. So it's like, bang, 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 like bang, get up. Sell to the audience, yeah. Look yeah. at that. Look at that. I'm the fucking man. Yeah. Get your extra bit of heat. boo. Boom. Then do something. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. You know what I mean? Like just by slowing it down, then you get more investment from the crowd. And even now, like you don't see that much in professional wrestling, even at that high level where people do it. It's just very quick, very fast paced. Because, like, one, I think that that's what the audience has now become accustomed to. But also the thing is as well, like you look at quick digestible content like TikTok, Instagram reels, a minute. You know what I mean? Like you got a minute to grab someone's attention. Though sometimes yeah. you got to do the most outlandish, wildest shit to draw people into your product. I think some of those moves go go missed then. You know, some of the stuff because he's gone bang, flip around, over, bang, flip, done that. And that was fucking amazing. That was insane. Mm. But then he's gone and done three or four more things and come off the top rope and you're not processing what actually happened. Like if they did that on an athletic or a gymnastics floor or something like that, people would be throwing scores. God. Wow. <laughs> but you, because you've just thrown yeah. three or four of them together, everyone's like, yeah, okay, sweet. What happened? Oh, yeah. So the pause, 
The pauses and patience, that's right. I think it's not used in entertainment at the moment. That's a very good point because as soon as you said that, it just went, yeah, look how many times I've just grazed past all these amazing shit that, you know, would have stopped stopped the crowd. But it's one of these things. I did it at this show in Maitland. I managed two guys in a stable called Just Business. And so the first the first match, like I come out with our guy Banks. He's this guy who's about 6'3", about 120, 130 kilo, just muscle, like just a big fucking lad. And he comes out and we cut a promo and like the promoter said, yeah, we want you to cut a live promo, Pierce. Like this is what we want you to do. And I sort of went out there and I said a few lines. And I'm just like, you know, because like the crowd – some of the crowd knew me from the podcast, so I get a bit of a cheer when I'm out there. I'm like, no, no, no. You think I need your approval from some moron inbred dicks from Maitland? Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Like, beat it. And then I'm like dropping stuff like that. So automatically I've had them turn on me. And then, but the point I was making is like, then by the time I said, anyone who wants to come out and get made famous by Banks, bring it out. So this kid comes out, you know, like a lot smaller than Banks and gets in. And I was just like saying the microphone. I just went, and I thought, I'm going to slow it down here. I went, uh, sorry, we need to stop the show. Um, we have a lost child. Um, yeah. so what is your name, son? And then he stood there and looking at me, I went, Oh, you're, I know you. Uh, ah. for a second, I go, You're the make a wish kid. That's right. Listen, buddy, you need to go and take a seat. Wait to after the show, bring me $50, and then we'll get a photo and give you an autograph. Okay. Go on, look. And then, that he was his moment to step in to try and go, who the F are you? As he stepped into me, Banks comes in, boom. Bang, it's on. And then we get the crowd reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get to me. I've said all the shit, right? The crowd's gone, how could you say that? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. He's gone to go, I'm going to get you, you little prick. And then before he could even put a hand on me, the, I've hid behind the big guy going, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know I'm I mean? good. like, I'm out of here, man. You got to deal with this brother now. And yeah. it was just the thing is just taking the time with it and just being like not rushing out the words and just letting the crowd understand what I'm saying each line, you know? Man, there's um, there's some special people who can do that, you know? Just hold that pause and hold that attention and it's um very underrated. Mate, but let's bring it back. Sure, before sure. the promoters, before all that, let's let's round it right back. Like, okay, how did you get into your first actual commentating gig? Like, who called you up and what? where was it and what did you do and were you shitting yourself? So, yeah, like, I was contacted, like, it, like literally in one week by three promotions. One for ring announcing, two for commentary, and I'm like, yeah, cool, do it. The first place I commentated was for a company called PWA which is probably by far the largest and top promotion in the country. They said, hey, you know, we they run their shows, PWA Black Label, where they're adult-themed shows and, you know, held in places like, yeah, they've been at the Metro Theatre, they've been at Liberty Hall, now it's called. So they've done very large venues, and this was their, like, academy show. or not, This is like a green label show, so like an all-ages show for kids and everyone. So they asked me to come and commentate on that. I was commentating, like, next to... With that one, JT Robinson, who had been like a 20-year vet in the business, who's now a, no longer wrestles, but to a coach at PWA, and also Jack Bonzo, who is like the head guy of PWA, but also like a professional wrestler and pretty intimidating guy. And I've just got these two guys right next to me, and I'm like, all right, how's this going to play out? And then they were just like, yeah, so we're pretty much thinking you're going to do like play, but like, yeah, I mean, like there wasn't really much. So like, yeah, we'll kind of get you to do a bit of color. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I'm trying to like get in there, but I was like, I was hesitant because I was like, I didn't want to go, oh, look at this guy. He's a fucking mark, you know, like whatever. Or like, who are you? Like, who are you to say that? You know what I mean? Like, what have you done in this bit? So I was like a little bit like. Imposter syndrome. No, not imposter syndrome, man. I was just sort of held back and I was just like taking it in and just like looked for opportunities. Didn't like try and over speak or just like over indulge too much. I was just like, boom, boom, like just short and precise with what I was saying and just tried to make it relevant and, and stuff like that. But I was just like, man, like most big shows that I've done, I've just always been glad. Like I just get through it and be like, fuck, thank fuck it's over. Like that was great. But like, I'm just, I'm glad I got it done. You know what I mean? Like it's why. How do you prepare for something like that? Is it something that comes naturally because you've watched or been around it so much that you can see things and, and it just, and speaking is obviously, you know, one of your talents. Do you prepare behind the scenes? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is- 
it depends. Like if I've got the full card and I know the out, like fourth wall here, if I know the outcomes, cool. But if I don't know the outcomes, I prefer it because then it's like, okay, I can give you a natural reaction then of like, you know what I mean? Like how I, my character would respond if I was surprised or no question that person won or whatever, or whatever. You know what I mean? So like, I always think that that's like a cool way for like all commentators, I think should never know the result by the end yeah. of the matches. Just because I think that like, unless there's something spectacular that's happened yeah. or there's something like specific that they need to like really emphasize at the finish on, then sure. But like, yeah, like I would go, I would say, hey, like, what are you guys to get out of this match? What's the story being told here? Like, is this going to be an ongoing feud? Like, what do you want to get out of it? You know, have you guys wrestled before? You know, what's some little tasty tidbits I can find out? What would your character do to unwind? You know, would your character be, you know, going and having a few beers after the show? Or, you know, like, are you going to be back in the gym? Like, you know, have you been, tra- you know, all these little things that you can sort of ask people is like, because their characters are so unique and so different. It's like, you could have a character that's a party animal who's like whole character would be like train nah man I'll just get on it and yeah you know, go hard but in reality they train seven days a week for fucking yeah. you know, three yeah. two days seven days a week yeah so you, you just try and get as much information you try and understand what story they want to tell it's like the thing is like for most of the time with professional wrestling commentary and this is something a lot of commentators need to realize it's not about you as a commentator it's never about you as a commentator and soon as like some commentators need to understand that and get that through their heads, that it's never about the commentator because you're there to emphasize the story. You're there to like make that, give that sort of like emotion, extra emotion to the audience watching at home. So if you sit there and go, oh, well, I wouldn't have done that, you know, oh. shut the fuck up. Like, dude, I worked with a young kid who did commentary this. He was 18. And he was like, he turned up, he was so scruffy and like, it was his first time doing commentary and the promoter goes to me, like points to me, he goes, I want you to be a heel color, which means bad guy color. Like whatever. And I'm like, maybe just let me do the play by play. And he goes, nah, man, I don't want this kid to start doing a character and stuff like that. And I go, okay, no dramas, whatever. We sit down there and we said like, you're just doing play by play. And I'm sitting there and I've got like sunglasses on like this. And this kid's looking at me and he's intimidated. And I'm just like sat there and I've like said this, like the most outlandish shit going, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And this kid just turned, looked at me and on the headset goes, hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Pierce. And I've just gone. And like, <laughs> we've gone to a break in the broadcast. And I'm like, dude, never agree with me. Nah. He goes, why not? I said, because dude, I'm supposed to see the logic in what the bad people do, which is there is no logic fucking to it. That's where you're supposed to go. Are you fucking serious, brother? Like you need to be like, are we watching the same thing here? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And he's like, Oh, well you seemed pretty mean and angry. And I'm like, cause I'm playing a fucking character. (laughs) It's not fucking me. It's my character. It's part of, this is what they want. Like, yeah, dude. Like I've had that happen a couple of times, man, where people have been like, and they go, oh, I didn't really like what you said there. I'm like, oh, did you get worked? Yeah. Like you're in the business and you're like, and I'm like, but a lot of the times, like if in a promo, like if I have to say something like now that if I'm a manager or whatever, before a show, like I'll be saying to that person we did that promo with that I told you about earlier, I told him word for word verbatim what I was going to say. Like to just yeah. me, I just was like, they said, oh, we want you to do a minute promo. I went, okay, cool. I got that. And they go, what are you going to say? And I went, bang, just off the cuff. I went, brr, brr, and the guy was standing there and I went, and I'm going to be like that. You're going to step to me. I put it together and the promoter just went, beautiful, go for Done. it. Yeah, so Done. that's the work that goes behind the scenes. That's the, the imagination, the, the fire that links this all together because otherwise, you know, as good as, just to use an analogy, rugby league is, you know, you've got the difference. Rugby league with good commentators, with rabs going, the, the, or, mm. you know, they're down the sideline. You're out of your chairs at home and that's their job. I mean, when you're at the game, you're engaged in the game and you're watching it. But as soon as they kick off, you sort of miss it. You miss that. Hey, where's Rabs? Or that signature voice that just brings you to and hones in the focus on what's going on. So how did you do the villain? Where did that come? Did you just decide, nah, this is, like you said, I resonate with these people and this is the character that I'm going to be good at? Um, or did you test the waters at certain shows? Did you go the other way? Like, Nah, look, it, it was never like, it, it was always when we started it, 
it was on commentaries that I was just like, and I wasn't like a straight out prick, would just be like insult the guy. I'm, yeah, you know I mean, like I'd be like making fun of the guy that I'm working with. Like I go, well, I'm sitting here with Mini Big Show because like the guy I was working with had a shaved head and beard and was like literally looked like a Mini Big Show. So. Yeah, I'd say little things like that. And he'd go, oh, so Pierce, what can you tell me? I know that you understand. Listen, man, don't ask about my business, bro. Like you just sit down and you just sit there and play good. And you just, you divulge the little kitties with the things, man. I'll be the adults to really understand. I'll spit truth like snake spit venom, baby. So you just sit back and relax. Yeah, I mean, like just little things like that would just give that little bit of arrogance. But then it's like a wrestler by the name of Vinnie Vane, who is probably one of my closest friends in the business. He came up to me and was like, hey, man, I'm going to give this up in a couple of years and I want to have a match against you. And I go, mate, get the, f-. like, nah, bro. Nah, <laughs> nah. I go, I'm 40 years old. Like, I was 40 at the time. I'm, man, I'm 40 years old, man. I'm not going to go and train. And like, mate, the stuff that I'd have to train every single day for two years to get in shape, then learn how to wrestle to do it justice where I would be happy and think that I'm good enough to do it. I said, even then, I said, I there's no way. I go, I love the business too much, and I'm not that much of a mark for myself to, yeah. to actually go and like take someone's spot on a show that would be more deserving for that. Yeah. And he went, fuck, all right. Yeah. What about being my man? As good as the dream would be, and, and, and a way to end that out, and you know, have that in the memory bank. Yeah. Like, that's just, good thinking. It's just that gratitude that you just showed the, you know, someone else deserves this spot. I'm not going to take If someone's working hard behind the scenes, they deserve that spot. I've seen that immensely. And oh God, I don't, yeah, all right, I'll throw, it, throw him under the bus. He probably doesn't even know, but Ben Hannett, rugby league player in the Burley Open Surf Comp. Now, this was a, a QS event for everyone who knows surfing. It's a thousand raider. Everyone comes to the local boys and all that just to get into that event. And then you basically keep going on your merry way for that. I've grown up over in Noosa Lombong and over in Bali. Yeah, yeah. And those guys, amazing surfers, you know, but no opportunity. They lived on life and that. We had him over here, his first emergency for this comp. And we're sitting there for three days. It's like a three-day build-up and all the trials to get into this one heat. And the sponsors were the radio station. And Benny, had, he wouldn't even thought about it. He just think, oh, how good is this? I'm, I'm getting a start in the comp. Goes out there, takes the piss in the comp, jumps off the board, does a big polar bear. And in the meantime, Como's sitting there. He could have won the comp. He's that good. And we couldn't get in because Benny had it done but it, it wouldn't even ring on his alarm bells. But the point that you just said exactly then, like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to take this. This is my spot and this is my area in within this company and with this, in this industry. But you just don't know. You don't know. Like, that could have been anything for Como and his family. He could have yeah. won that comp, two more sponsors, kept on the road and been one of the first Indonesian guys on tour. You just don't know those turning points or those opportunities. Yeah, I found that really arrogant. I never got to tell him that. And I'm sure it'd be waters off the duck back for him but yeah mate that just resonated with me what you said that was um it's just like i said bro it, yeah i just and I, plus i don't think that i don't know man like it just wasn't my thing but yeah he said well how about you be my manager then and we're like all right and we spent like three months putting together like a how we put it together how do we make this understandable like what his character is and what his character is going to be. So his character is someone who he thinks he's an A-list star that has been like hard done by and gets passed up by top feds and all this other thing. And he's pissed off. So he needs someone to come in. You know, he's sick of dealing with the bullshit politics in the business. So he's going to bring someone in who's going to be able who has no problems diving into the politics and the drama and the bullshit and going face to face and head to head with these people as his agent. And that's where, like, we had the idea of me being, like, not, like, calling it a manager, but have being an agent. So, like, that yeah. type of agent. So, I, like, did you ever watch Entourage? Yeah. So, my whole, and this is where people in wrestling, like, just, they get so, like, surprised because they go, oh, did you get it from Jim Cornette? Did you get it from Bobby Heenan? Did you get it from Paul Heyman? Like, where did you pull this character from? I said, mate, I didn't even pull it from wrestling. Like. I didn't pull, like I said, I pulled little bits of inspiration from certain things. I said, but the main inspiration came from Ari Gold in Entourage. Ah, ah, how good. And that was the whole thing. But it's like, okay, it's 2023. So I can't say certain things that he said in 2005, but then it's like, I can make that shit my own and, and, you know, go out there and, you know, say promos like I did before going, oh, you're the make a wish kid, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Go take a seat, bring you 50 bucks back later, kid. We'll get that photo for you. You know what I mean? Like, 
little things like that where I can go fast talking, witty people like, oh, like stunned, but you're already on to the next thing and you're like, oh, what's he going to do next? Sort of like, even for an example, right? That show that we told you about when I came out with Banks, right? This woman's. Yep. Like I had the microphone and as I'm talking, like I'm in the ring and she, she like, and Banks is like this big dude and she yells at him, shake your hairy man boobs. And like, it was just so loud. So everyone in the crowd heard it. And like my response, I just went, you first, sweetheart. Ah, and then went back ah, to like, and then everyone just like, the whole crowd's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, that was brutal. Yeah. And as I've gotten out after we've left, she's gone, you're a little hobbit. And I go, yeah. I go, get on your knees, I'll show you Frodo. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like those things yeah. you say because like obviously this is a People fan. are there for that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But this is a fan who's been at shows multiple times before and I know this fan loves that kind of banter where mm. it's like it wasn't at a show where there's a bunch of kids around so you can say those little kind of things where it's like, it wasn't really appropriate but it wasn't over the line offensive either where she didn't, even afterwards, that fan came up. She's like, oh, I hope I didn't offend you with what I said. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I, go, I go, thank you for being a part of it. Yeah, that's it. I know we spoke about the uh, the scene and you saying it's huge and there's heaps of different events and that. Have you seen it grow with technology? Are they streaming it? Do you still have to yeah, go to just yeah. live events? Like, oh, how, dude, how like, do people find this sort of thing? It's on Fight TV, man. Like, there's a lot of promotions on Fight TV doing their thing. There's streaming services like Combatants. We stream a lot of the combat sports around Australia as well, like a lot of the amateurs, a lot of like some of the pro fights as well, and some amazing fights over at Combatants.com. That's a company I do a lot of commentating for in the combat sports world, so they do a lot of shows. But the pro wrestling world, man, is everywhere, dude. Like the Australian scene is on YouTube. There's shows every weekend. As I said, man, there's good promotions out there. There's good wrestlers out there, and there's also shit wrestlers out there, and there's also shit promotions out there. I'm not going to name names because, like, let's face it. Just give me a couple off air not to go to. Just yeah, just go, nah, duh, let's, yeah. let's, I'll steer this way because if you go see that one, you won't come back. That's the biggest thing, man, these shitty little feds, right, and the shitty bullshit that some of these people do. Like, all it takes is for a fan to go to one show and go, this is what Australian wrestling is. Yeah, I'm never coming back. Even some of the drop, like, ridiculous bullshit that these people do at shows as well as far as like levels of what they do in matches. It's like, man, if you fucking seriously fuck yourself up doing this shit, then you're going to like wrestling in Australia will change like that. And it'll yeah. be there'll be rules. There'll be regulations. You'll be gone. There'll be no this, no that. There'll be some bureaucrat standing over the top of it saying, you do this, that's shut down. Next minute, these guys are put 10, 20 years into building, like you said, these proper companies mm. will be on the back on the brinks of it because they'll be, that's like the, um, you see it in the UFC, like the downward elbow or the cross elbow. Like if you can change, you know, your 12 o'clock elbow to nine o'clock or 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, it's legal. You come straight down 12 o'clock, bam, fight over. Like it's just, man, there's some yeah. things. I was just going to say like, there's some rules like that they have in MMA and stuff like that. Why is it that that is so bad? Like, is it because it's like the blunt force of the point of the elbow going down? Like that's is- what their thought is. Their thought is, but it was based off back in the day. All the karate stuff. What else? And bricks would go. Yeah. So they based it off, oh, you can't do that because of how much force is going through there. But I'm guarantee you if someone comes down with an elbow, that they'd split those things exactly the same way. Or if they got in a different, but it was just basically, now we've seen too much of people like skull cracking, but if you change it by like that. But even know, when they're doing that on the thing, right, it's not the actual power of it. It's the precision of the certain point that you hit it on at that. You know what I mean? Like Exactly. It's, it's timing and it's positioning and like the power of it is probably secondary. Yeah, that's exactly look, you see you see guys timing once they've got their eye in, like in the midst of their perfect career and they're landing those, you know, those top two knuckles perfectly, just grazing someone's chin and they're gone and they're out. But it's just like that pinpoint perfection gone. Where you see others flat fisting everyone, throwing and it goes for twelve rounds. But that uh just goes to show it. Or how many People, do you hear of like the, this is to change the subject, you know, getting king hit from the side and, and hitting their head wrong on the ground. They didn't deserve to die or anything like that, but just that precision. And this is the whole. That's happened in Sydney, man. That's what changed the whole Sydney nightlife span, like how many years ago, is because of the one punch attacks. And like, man, I'll tell you this. I worked in security and was like the head of security for some of the biggest nightlife venues in Sydney. 
through a period of time. And I was doing that from when I was like 18 up until like I was probably about 28, 29. I lean it all. And even by then, I was going in more into like the more management side of security and shit and stuff. So like, dude, I did 20 years in security and risk and stuff like that. So like the one punch attacks and every time I saw that, I'd be like, man, that's so unfortunate what happened to that person and everything like that. But I always put it down to no one just goes up and punches someone randomly for no reason. There's 99%. But when you sit there and like you would look at the people that did this, a person to go up and just randomly punch someone or assault someone for like for no reason, nothing said, no words, no looks, no nothing, just go up and boom. That is psychotic behavior. That needs to be looked at from a different eye. But the one punch attacks and stuff like that, man, like that had me, that was the one thing I always question is like, because I'd spent years in security. It's like, man, people get belted when they fucking mouth. They deserve up. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Get too lippy. They get shit gets a little bit too fucking wild. They get a little bit too comfortable. They think their balls are a little bit too big for their pants. And next thing you know, boom, you get like clocked and you get checked. Man, like that's the thing. Security guys, different story. People get upset with them when they're just like, you know, I mean, some guys, because security guards are, can that decide to get a bit egotistical or whatever that can cause it. But I've seen guys have just refused someone entry and someone's turned around and assaulted someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So- and you got to remember like security guys, it's a speaking out of term here, but this is like my thoughts on it would be, it's the same as anything. It's tap, 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 tap. So even though I'm coming to you with an interaction, you say no to me. I think you and me, that's your first reaction for the day or interaction. I should say mm. where you've already had, not 50 that night going, no, 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 no. A hundred that week going, no, no, no. And you've had like 500 for the whole, you know, then going just these negative little interactions. Fuck you. You're an asshole. Fuck. Don't do that. Yes, I can. Don't piss in the corner. Get in line. Blah, blah, blah. When I would run crews, I would say to them, I go, if you see someone and someone goes, nah, I want your manager to come out. I want a second opinion. You're saying I'm too drunk. Mm. And every time I'm coming out, like, regardless if I think they're wrong, the guard is wrong or not, I'm backing my guy. You know what I mean? Regardless, I don't give a fuck. Like, if you're not coming into a bed, like, I, like, I really don't give a fuck. I but need him to show up at work tomorrow and I need him to be good at his job tomorrow as well, but, not but, resent me and resent everyone. And then it just three months' time, there's something, there is an issue that you got to deal with because it's ball balled over. But also, uh, the fact is, if something pops off that night and I'm in the middle of it, and then there's someone who's going to run with a bottle behind me and try and hit me. I need him to have my back to make sure that shit doesn't go down. You know what I mean? Man, that got bad down here at the Goldie. Yeah, the glassings. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It was a year period, and everyone still had schooner glasses, and everyone started going from punching to the slash. Uh, uh, tank, and then all of a sudden, boom! Plastic cups everywhere, all through the oh, Goldie. Can't, yeah, gone. When I was nineteen, I saw one of my friends I worked in security with get glassed straight in the side of the jugular. I went there, I had my hands like that, and bro, like he would literally like leaked out like maybe liters of blood. By the time the ambulance got there, my shirt, which was gray, was completely drenched in blood. Survive? Yeah, bro. Luckily, very luckily survived, bro. Like I was, but you know what, man? Like literally, I just had to go down there, change my shirt, go back and just get back on the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh. as I was saying before, dealing with these people, sometimes the way I would do it, I'd say to guys, let's have an easy night. I say, say, guys, on the door, anyone that you're going to want to knock back, instead of doing that, call me on the radio. I'll come out. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Just have a chat to my manager. You're not coming in tonight. Oh, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, cool, whatever. I go back inside. Oh, mate, blah, blah, blah. Then I'd say to my guard, this person's going off. Look, man, he's a little fucking five foot six fucking asshole. Like, you know what I mean? He's got a fucking Napoleon complex. And I'd tell him, say all this shit about me. Say it. Okay, because then you get him on side. Yeah, mate, look, can you just get going? Because if he comes out, he's going to fucking go off at me for fucking talking to you. And like, he's like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. And then he'd end up getting bro hugged by these guys. Yeah, fuck that. Cunt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd kick people out and they go, yeah, fuck you. We're going to fight. Yeah, okay, mate. No worries. Yep. See you later. And I'd go back inside and the guys are going, oh, because their beef isn't with them. Or, and they, I would have my guys do the same thing. They'd kick someone out, they go back inside. So they're not dealing yeah. with, oh, mate, look, yeah, that's, I get it, mate. Yeah. You're not drunk at all, mate. Yeah, I get it. Look, Come back tomorrow night, I'll buy you beer. You know what I mean? So we you handle it that. So then you're eliminating that kind of level of anger and intimidation and violence because yes. when you're there, it's like we don't need to go there. Like, you know what I mean? We don't need to sit here and show how big our dicks are because we're nah. fucking the bouncers here. 
fuck that shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, man, whatever. I'm a cunt. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biggest cunt. Fuck, yep. 100%. Yeah. Thanks, man. Look, I'll see you tomorrow. Right? Bang. You know what I mean? Like, you just handle yourself. Like, the ego, like, as soon as you react to that shit, and that's the thing as well, like, people reacting to stuff is like, as soon as you react to shit, you've lost. You've lost yeah. the fight. You've lost the argument. You've lost the sit down. You've lost the whole thing because you've reacted. You've given them what they wanted. Yeah, that's exactly. Mate, isn't it? It's a weird industry as well. Security, nightclubs, everything like that, because it's all based around that 18 to 30 year old. Yeah. Older now, because some losers are still hanging out in there, but it's all testosterone. That no one knows really what they're doing. Maybe a couple of people have done a little bit of fight training, but other than that, it's just young, dumb, full of cum, just fucking running with alcohol, testosterone, and trying to figure it out. It would always surprise me, right? People that have like absolutely no skill or have never trained in fighting or boxing, MMA, or like combat at all, have no training. They're the ones that have the biggest balls when they have a few. But it's like, dude, I've actually trained boxing and Muay Thai and MMA and stuff over the years and different sort of disciplines. And bro, I wouldn't say I'm a badass. I wouldn't even say I could fight, to be honest with you. But like in the same sense, I'm sure if it came down to it, I can definitely can hold my own. Yeah. Even then, like I don't really want to get into a fight with someone because number one, I'm 41 years old. I have three kids and you know, someone else who has an issue with me is not worth me punching them and me going to jail and losing. But you can see the ones who don't have that fight train. And like you said, because they're the ones that are aggressive. It's basically scared. That's the way I said, that's the way I always looked at it. Even though I was a rugby league player. And so I learned by no means am I a professional boxer or athlete or anything. I train still got some good coaches in the background at the moment. Shout out to Shano. But one, it's humbling. And two, whenever you're in a situation, you're calm. So you've gone from being a scared little boy to, I don't need this shit. I don't know what this guy knows. He might beat me, but I've got some skills. And but everyone else is hundred percent. Did you did you see that shit that happened? It was actually in Queensland. I interviewed the guy. Uh, his name was Victor Lyle. He was an MMA fighter in Queensland. And there was these two guys that were just causing problem and inflicting like just beating up this guy or whatever for whatever reason. So Victor's gone in and gone, hey, blah blah blah. He's drawn the attention of these two guys in. And as they're coming towards him, he's walking backwards. So he's giving himself space and distance. He's got him coming in like this. So one of them comes in. He's like, you know what I mean? And then another one, you know what I mean? So he's got the distance. They're coming in swinging. And he's like, obviously, of a sound mind. He's looking for it. But one guy comes in, fucking head kicks this kid. And it's like precision, perfect timing. And this kid is like then like, Fucking all right. <laughs> and his mate's gone. Nah. Um, yeah, listen, man. Um, I think uh, I think we're good here, bro. Uh, yeah. you know, like, and the girl- giving bro hugs again. And the girlfriend's in the middle going, You're a fucking thing. My dad's a fucking this and that. I'll fucking get oh, that video. That my dad's a bodybuilder. Yeah. My dad's yeah, a bodybuilder. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. And he just check hooked him. He just he's coming in, he just goes, bang, and he's out. He's going. But he's like for five minutes, he's just backing him off, backing him off 10 minutes. Until they get too close and you're just like, no. Nah. Nah, like, that was his timing. He was just like, nah, nah, nah. Okay, you've come in, bang. Now, when they came into attack, he's just counted. And it's just like, even the girl, when the girl's like mouthing off and the guy's like standing there going, you're like, yeah. nah, we're good, bro. <laughs> nah, we're good. No, hard pass from now. That's a weird industry. I don't know how you did that for so long. What's coming up? What do you got on for us, mate? Give us some entertainment. Where are you heading with your commentary? Where's this, all the fighters that you're going to? And where do you see pro wrestling in Australia heading over the next couple of years? Give us a little insight into what's going on. Well, mate, we had Impact Wrestling come out here not too long ago, which is the third largest promotion in the world. I had the honor of working for them for that show, doing ring announcing, which was a huge, huge honor. Upcoming, I've got a couple of shows that are leading up. I've got a show this, the 19th, I should say, on this coming Saturday, depending on when this drops. I'm doing a a ring announcing for a boxing show out there, which is going to be like 20 plus fights. It's going to be a ridiculous show. Then I'm going to backing back up for Capital Carnage on the 26th, which is going to be another boxing event. It's going to be absolutely savage. So that's going to be available on combatants.com. Pro wrestling thing. I've got stuff coming up in uh, September, November. Just check out my socials, man. And yeah, Yeah. I'm going to be heading, but it's going to be... uh, 
you know, the character is going to be out there and, and on display for everyone, man. We're going to be uh, rocking it out and just dropping two podcasts every single week, as we always do, because we like the grind, man. Yeah, that's it. It's the same as everything. You got to show up to work. Hey, quick question. Do your kids love it? Do you get to bring them to all these events that you're now uh, involved in? I don't, man. I, I try and I've brought my kids to a couple of events and like, yeah, like the older one gets into it. My daughter's like, yeah. And the, yeah. the youngest is still like, he's only two. So he's pretty young. So he's yeah. like really thing. But I don't know, like, to be honest, because I'm working at these events, it's hard to sort of like, unless my wife. Have fun with them. But the thing is as well, like I'll be at an event three to four hours before it starts. Like if it's mm-hmm. wrestling, same if it's a combat sports thing. So I'm going filming content, doing certain things. So it's like, if I bring my wife and the kids, it's literally the wife, hey, go sit in the corner or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll, see like, you, I'll see you in four hours. Yeah, you can't sort of bring him into it or anything. Well, yeah, like there's not really much we can do there. So like it's, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of the thing. So it's kind of boring for them. So maybe when they get older. That's the one thing I speak about this. I've said it many times as well. Look, I was a backpack kid. My dad was 20 when he had me. I was everywhere. Footy games, lived at footy, lived at people's couches while they were still partying, you know. It was the best. It was the best life. And now us being older dads, I've got a two-year-old as well. You know, I get invited to all these events and that, but I get, you know, I'm sort of like, oh, I, I want to bring him. But it's it's past that era, 80s and 90s where we're growing up, where you could just yeah. put him to sleep behind you while you're commentating, you know, and he could get to see a little bit or anything like that. It's Yeah, they're in the corner now and it's not so good. I just want him to experience, especially if we're going to some good events and everything like that moving forward in the future. But yeah, I guess it's what they take to, isn't it? Well, and plus the wrestling thing, man. Like, as when I started getting the threats and stuff like that, was like, yeah, I'm not going to. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to, because it's like, if I'm at a show, I don't know who these people were that, you know, yeah, and are account sending it, whether they're people inside the business or just fans or whatever. So it's like, yeah, you know I mean, there's a select few I can trust in the industry. And it's like, if they're not on the show, I can't really have my, you know what I mean? I don't really. Yeah, I understand. But even yeah. when they're there, it's like, I don't want to take that risk of having them there and stuff like that, which I'm sure nothing would happen. But if the off chance that it did, well, I'll go to the boot yeah. and get the shovel. And Yeah, yeah, that's right. You've, <laughs> you've brought them into a situation like a risky, like don't jump out of a plane if you've got kids. There's yeah. another one. Like just don't put yourself in that situation. Mate, right. what's your best? What's your favorite? Is it podcasting? Is it going into that villain role? Is it commentating like actual combat sports and being able to talk and meet all these, you know, athletes or and if you had to choose one or the one that you get the most enjoyment out of, what would it be? Oh, man, I, I get different types of enjoyment out of all of it, to be honest. There's different thrills. Like the podcasting thing, I just love. Like I love raw conversations and I love just like what we've just done for here. That's what I love about podcasting and like the, being the villain and being in the pro wrestling world and playing that character. That's something that I really, really enjoy. Like that's sort of something where it's like that can bring out a different side of me of my character and allow me to express myself in a creative way where it can give me thoughts where it's like, I would never really turn around and fucking talk like that. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I couldn't talk like that in a real life situation. Like imagine like we're at a barbecue and some turns up and go, Oh, who the fuck are you? Can't like you to make a wish. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's just like in a societal thing. They'd be like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? So I don't know. Like I enjoy, it. I get to be a dick. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like, I get to do that and I get to, you know, be in an industry that I love. So, and the combat sports thing, man, I just, I love every opportunity I get to go there and to be able to call some action and to be given those opportunities, man, I'm just extremely grateful, man. And whatever the world wants to throw at me, bro, I'm just like, yeah, man, let's give it a go. If if I don't know how to do it, I'll fucking learn on the fly. Let's go. Mate, one of the best bits of content you're talking about your villain role that I've ever seen was, I think it was Larry, where he's at that picnic. And he's like, Larry, you can't do that. And he comes out, he backhands every kid, backhands every wife, backhands all the husband, police yeah, come yeah, in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, mate, keep it going. Thank you so much for coming on the Any Given Chance podcast, mate. Sensational to meet you and have a chat. Mate, if you give yourself a plug, give um, all your socials a plug, give your podcast a plug as well. I'm going to be jumping on. You've got to give me a couple of those controversial ones to listen to because I'll, I'll yeah. put them in when I run in the morning. So I get up, I run, and that's all I do is listen to the podcast. Yeah, bro, for sure. Yeah, man, you can find me on YouTube and also Spotify and uh, wherever you find your podcast, Piers Austin. I'm the host of the greatest podcast in the world, Shooting the Shit Uncensored, The Truth, The Dad Bod God, The Bald, The Beard, The Fucking Beautiful, Piers Austin, Mr. Leftwood Sloping Penis. You know who it is, the guy that spits facts like snakes speak venom, and you know 
that I'm going to be delivering some of the greatest content ever. So make sure you go and check it out. Find me on uh, Twitter at Piers Austin and Instagram, the Piers motherfucking Austin. No, at, just at the Piers Austin Instagram. So, but anyway, thank you so much, Maddie. I've had a great time. This is yeah, fuck awesome. yeah, bro, mate. I really appreciate it. Drop the mic, bang. Woo! <laughs> wow, that was the Any Given Chance podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, if you want to see some more action, head over to our socials and give us a like, share, and subscribe. We're on YouTube at the Any Given Chance Podcast and on Instagram and TikTok at Any Given Chance. And if you can hit share and subscribe, much appreciated as we grow. Plus, we're always looking for new guests. So if you know someone in the midst of a battling good little bit of adversity or someone who's been successful, message us direct. We always check out your inbox. And of course, if you want to check out old episodes, repurposed ones, you can jump over to our website, which is anygivenchancepodcast.org. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm your host, 3AM365, Maddie Menion. No days off, no excuses, and I can't wait to catch you on the next one.